This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show. Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. Tonight, we have a wonderful guest, Lana, and honestly, Lana, I don't know very much about you, and I'm so excited to, to find out. So please, tell us about you. Yeah, I think we've seen each other many times at meetings, yeah. but never had much of an in-depth <coughs> conversation no, or anything. But um, yeah, I'm Lana. I'm super grateful for this experience, and this I is a really cool like platform that you have going. Cool. And I've listened to a lot of them. Oh, have you? Yeah, a lot of different stories. I think they're awesome. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite one? Yeah, Nolan. Nolan? Yeah. Oh my God, he's one of our favorite speakers. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of relate with Nolan, just being a maritimer and. Okay, you're from the from east. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't know. We have our we have the same birthday actually. So. Do you really? Yeah. Wow. Um. He's a wild man. I love that guy. He's a yeah. He's, he's a wild man. Yeah. Super wild. The red hair, like it shines through for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I love Nolan and Sherry. They're yeah. awesome. Oh God, she's great too. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah, I love everybody in recovery, really. That's a good point. Yeah. It's hard to find people you can't, can't find something you like, right? That's so true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm from the Maritimes. I was born in Moncton, New Brunswick. Um, yeah, and I had a, you know, I think we all say this, I had a pretty good childhood, yeah. you know, but really, did you have mm-hmm. that great of a childhood? But uh, yeah, I grew up kind of like, in the woods, mm-hmm. uh, in a rural area, sort of between two towns, like one town, one village. So, and we lived down this long driveway. So it was it was pretty rural. It's about ten minutes to the next town, and then like seven minutes to the next village, like kind of in either direction. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, long driveway. Like it was just woods all around. So we were kind of. My mom would always say, "Go outside and have a catch." Mm. Like we never actually had a catch, but yeah. <laughs> we'd go in the woods and what's a catch? Right? Like you put on your ball glove <coughs> and you throw the ball back and forth, I guess. Yeah, I don't that's know. All I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> have a catch. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I have a younger sister. Okay. Um, she's three years younger. And uh, my grandparents, my dad's parents lived right next door to us on the like on our long driveway. And um, yeah, my mom's my mom's parents her father was in the war mm. so you know he would have come back and then 
they had several children, like mm-hmm. eight. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, it was pretty common back then. Actually, my dad's an only child, so that's kind of rare. Wow, but that, that is rare, that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some, some trauma mm-hmm. coming through. <laughs> um, yeah, so we grew up, we had a pretty awesome childhood. Like, we just played in, in the woods all the time. Don't go to the river, we'd go to the river. Yeah. Found the matches at a young age, and I liked fire right mm-hmm. away. That's probably my first addiction, Yeah. Uh, making fires. That's quite a powerful thing, eh? There's something about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like... What was it for you, like, that really, like, ignite, it, uh, ignited that? Yeah, yeah. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> Darcy! <laughs> and you didn't think I was... <laughs> what kind of got what was the feeling like when you lit your first fire because I'm, I'm just trying to put myself there. I don't know I don't remember what the feeling was but like I was I just wanted to yeah. make fires all the time yeah. in the woods and like somehow we never burned the woods down but like I'd be lighting matches off my teeth my zipper yeah. like tough guy <laughs> I don't know it must have been like some kind of a powerful feeling mm-hmm. like I was a magician wow that makes sense Makes sense. I know. I knew a friend growing up. He loved fire. He started everything on fire. Yes, everything. Except he didn't. He didn't like confine it to small spaces. Yeah, <laughs> big fires. Yeah, he was like a really. He turned into a pyro. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried asking him when I was younger, like what, like what was the motivator for that, and he couldn't tell me either. He's just like, I don't know. It's just powerful. It's powerful. Right? There's when something you there. Something powerful. It's pretty. Like some people get really connected to that. Yeah, like other things that I discovered later. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah. Um, So yeah, like that that part of childhood was good. Uh, I was raised kind of, you know, in the church, being taken to church on Sunday. And my dad didn't go, but my mom kind of like forced us to go. And I think when I was younger, like we we didn't mind going when we were younger. We had Mm -hmm. friends there and stuff. And then kind of switched churches a few times and got out of our comfort zone and and I remember like some really messed up stuff from church mm-hmm. like these plays where like they got the smoke machines going and like the devil's coming down the aisle and like Ooh. I'm this little fucking kid oops yeah. I can swear yeah okay um, I think I've already sworn like six times probably <laughs> Darcy doesn't even hear it anymore it's all good <laughs> Um, yeah, but some like yeah, just like I don't know. I have these memories of like really scary stuff from church. So was that just for the kids? Do you remember? No, this was for grown-ups. I'm fairly certain. Uh, I was yeah, I was just little and. Yeah, that's what churches need: smoke <sighs> machines and demons like on stage. I'm like three. Yeah. Like crying, like holy fuck, mom, can't yeah. we go? <laughs> Devil's I can here. To that shit, like going to church and just doing stuff you shouldn't see as a kid, right? Oh my goodness, yeah. Or hearing people talk about hell, like it's. Yeah, and I was convinced I was because like, I mean, I don't, I'm gay, Yeah. so like I don't know, I can't pinpoint at what age like I knew I was gay, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, but I always knew like there was something different about me. I didn't know what gay was or any of that stuff, so, so like, yeah, and then kind of the whole church thing, plus that and knowing like, oh, you know, shit. Even God can't love me. Oh, God, that's like, awful, eh? Crap, I better hide this, yeah. you know? Yeah. Into my shell I went. And, uh, yeah. 
it was hard like in the town like where I went to school is so it's a really small town it's like 1500 people okay. it's called Salisbury New Brunswick and uh, went to school like so you start in kindergarten and um, you go to school with the same people mm -hmm. from kindergarten to grade 12 yeah. so like your social status is decided in kindergarten oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks man yeah pretty much <laughs> and uh, it was kind of rough it was kind of like you know kind of like Salisbury and the surrounding area and yeah you know how small towns and rural areas are they can be kind of rough so mm -hmm. it was kind of rough and yeah, I like this was a long ass time ago. Yeah. You know, like I grew up in the eighties and the nineties, so mm -hmm. nobody talked about gay. They just went around calling, you know, boys would be calling each other faggot for mm -hmm. shits and giggles and yeah. stuff. So um it's a, it, you know what the, you said that and I'm just like, God, we were like that. Like we would just <sighs> hurl that shit at each other, like I don't yeah. guilty as charged, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm bisexual, right? So <laughs> Like I, I came out and all that stuff too. Like I just can't believe that's what we used to do. I know, isn't it crazy? Like to think about like the words we used to say and like. Yeah. And and no consequences either. No consequences. Yeah. And like we were so mean. Yeah. We were so mean. Kids are so mean. I'm getting goosebumps because I'm finally remembering how mean I might have been at times, eh? Like, oh, me too. Shitty. Me too. Yeah. Like, and I wasn't like bullied. I don't mm -hmm. think. I don't specifically remember being like targeted yeah. for bullying or whatever but I think probably I was more of a bully than I was bullied okay mm I don't think I was like a straight-up bully but yeah. I definitely said a lot of mean things to a lot of people too mm -hmm. and that's just kind of how you had to <laughs> get by yeah. in the small town you know well and especially if you're, you're feeling like you're hiding a secret right oh yeah like, oh yourself, yeah for me that just motivated my like defensiveness all the time oh for sure I was hiding I had to have a boyfriend all the time mm -hmm. and make sure I cover this up nobody <laughs> can ever know like yeah. gotta have a boyfriend all the time because mm -hmm. it was just always like right there in front of my brain like mm -hmm. and eventually like I'm gonna say like probably around 13 so like grade 8 grade 9 mm -hmm. somewhere in there like uh, things started coming to a head with like mental health and stuff yeah. and um, I didn't have a great relationship with my mom. I think I just started therapy recently and was also just told that I'm codependent as mm -hmm. well, yeah. which apparently is pretty common it with is. addiction. I am too. Yeah. Yeah. It is, I am too. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I'm very codependent of you. Yeah, me too. You. <laughs> <laughs> High five. That I was, was awesome. For you, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just turn like that, his yeah, cheeks get all red, and you start smiling. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, that was so good. <laughs> me too. Um, yeah. But you are right. It's calm. It's great. It is, eh? Yeah. yeah. And like looking back now, and I've just started therapy. It's only been a couple of sessions, and like yeah. she's found this already, and so I'm I'm looking at that and working on something, learning about it first of all, because mm -hmm. I didn't really know anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, and I think, like, looking back now at my relationship with my mom, mm -hmm. I think I came by that pretty honestly. Yeah. Which would have come from her relationship with her mom. And it's just so interesting when you look with, like, intergenerational trauma in mind at the things that our parents must have gone through. Yeah. 
and how that got passed on to us because so like they didn't even about passed on to them. oh my god yeah. and yeah so much worse like war and yeah. i remember my mom's mom she had alzheimer's towards the end of her life so she was pretty pretty gone there towards the end but she used to tell me the same story over and over and it was about during the war she worked um at an ammunition factory mm-hmm. in quebec and she'd always be telling that story yeah. and i'd be like why did you keep telling me this same story over and over? And like my mom told me, she's like, well, that must have been, that would have been like the only time she ever got out of this small town that she was from, right? Yeah. And so it really stuck with her. That was like a big life experience, right? Huge. Yeah. And not yeah, to mention like, the fact that she was building this ammunition for. Yeah. yeah. Just getting out of Salisbury, New Brunswick, you know, all the way to Quebec. Is Salisbury, New Brunswick, like the home of the Salisbury State? Um, would one of you look that up while we're doing this? Home of the Silver Fox. Silver Fox? Yes. Who's the Silver Fox? The Silver... silver Where does that come from? There used to be a lot of fox farms in Salisbury. Oh, okay. Like, why you farm foxes? I think it's for their fur. I think so. Yeah. And something about, like, these rare silver foxes. Hmm. I don't know. I should know the story, but I don't. Not (laughs) necessarily. I'm from Portland, Oregon. If you ask me about anything about it, I'd Are be, you? I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't know. It's on the coast. It's on the coast. It rains. It rains a lot, yeah. Twin Peaks? Yeah. Was that Twin Portland? Near there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it was in, it was in uh, Oregon somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. In Oregon. Yeah, that was a good show. It's a great show. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I took you off track again. That's all right. I have no idea where I was, but... Yeah, my nan, she worked in the ammunition factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her husband, my mom's father, was in the war. Yeah, intergenerational trauma. Yeah. And how, like, even, like, our my parents, like, baby boomers, they didn't have any, like, lingo for this stuff. Yeah. You know, like, I think even in the 90s, when I was, you know, diagnosed with depression and whatever else they diagnosed me with and put me on medication for, like, these words were all new then. Yeah. You know, and like everybody I knew was on antidepressants, this new thing. Mm-hmm. Let's put everybody on it, like 500 milligrams. And like, holy smokes, man, I remember like running down the street just as far, as far and as fast as I could because I had so much energy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think maybe the dose is a little bit too high. <laughs> yeah, but I think back in the old days, they started out high and went low. Fuck right? yeah, they did. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I guess like, I think I, cause for me, like I spent a lot of time blaming church, mm-hmm. blaming my parents, yeah. blaming this, blaming that, mostly those two things. And you know, I don't do that anymore after doing the steps, mm-hmm. obviously, but um, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's good. Like therapy has really kind of shown me the intergenerational trauma in my mm-hmm. family and how it was passed down and how it ended up at me and how you know, it's cool, like, we have to go through all this stuff, but, like, now we get to be the healers, Mm -hmm. you know, and, like, I've had conversations with my sister recently, too, where she's, like, you know, I don't even, like, I'm not even sure exactly, like, how to relate to you anymore, because you're not the same person, she's, like, I don't even know who I am in this family anymore, and I'm, like, that's a good thing, Mm -hmm. I think, like, everybody's kind of, healing and, and feeling it out. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, 
Oh, where the hell was I in my timeline? That's like 13, yeah, depressed. Talking, yeah, about 13 and... <laughs> 13 and depressed. Yeah, 13, depressed and, and not really in love with boys. No. Not in love with boys or life Yeah. at all. Yeah, it was a really, really dark time. Like, I, I thought about suicide every day. And um, growing up, we played a sport called ringette. I don't know if you know what ringette is. It's I, like hockey. Yeah, similar. I, I do know it's like on the surface. Yeah, so I think <clears throat> I was probably like living through ringette. I think that was the only thing that I kind of cared about at mm -hmm. that time. And um, my sister also played and was really into it. We were good at it. But like I even got to a point where, you know, I stopped caring about that too. And I remember, I think I was 15 or 16 and I was in school and I was going out into the smoking area back when schools had smoking areas. And I sat down on a bench and I like lit a smoke and I just remember thinking like, I don't give a fuck about anything, especially myself. Yeah. And from there it was just like, I had already had my first drink. I think I was 13 when I had my first drink. Had like four beer. It <laughs> was so incredibly intoxicated that I couldn't, like I had, we brought this tent, but we didn't erect it. We're back mm -hmm. in the woods. This, we're always just in the woods. Didn't erect the tent, just threw it on the ground. Yeah. Got drunk, went for a beer, crawled into the tent, and like I couldn't move at all without puking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the motion stuff. Eh? Oh my God, it was so bad. I remember this so well. And like I just remember coming to, kind of like opening my eyes a little bit, but I was like, I can't move. I can just open my eyes. And I could see my friend Emily <laughs> leaning on a tree, and I could just hear, <laughs> she's just like pissing herself. But she's still standing up. <laughs> so she's doing better than me. Oh. You have to be an alcoholic to laugh at this shit. <laughs> oh, man. All I can see is myself just standing somewhere pissing myself. Yeah, just whatever. I'm just going to pee my pants <laughs> right here. Lana's fucking dying over there, but yeah. whatever, that's fine. <laughs> We're all dying, Lana. <laughs> yeah, I think I was dying. No doubt. Mm -hmm. That was your first time, so. Yeah. Yeah. Four beer. Uh, Forget. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. You managed four beer and you didn't die. I didn't die. Not quite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we kind of, like, we, I, got into, you know, we tried smoking dope mm -hmm. and there wasn't any weed around back then in my town. It was just hash. So I smoked quite a bit of that. And like, oh, I've had some horrible experiences on that stuff too. Like just, you have no idea where your limit's at and you just go completely way overboard and have this like really bad experience yeah. of like, <laughs> I thought hash oil was coming up into my mouth and coating my tongue and like mm -hmm. I was oh, I was tripping right out many times that happened to me yeah. and so yeah I don't really like that stuff that much either but um that was scary to see though right like yeah because you're out on yeah uh, yeah super messes you up oh, like big first time, time I smoked weed uh, that was late when I was a teenager like seriously thought you were dying like yeah, like who knows what we were smoking back then. Like it came stuck to a penny, I remember, <laughs> and it was like this gummy black. Yeah, the black tar stuff. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, you break it off and like yeah. 
put it on a cigarette and then in a plastic bottle. Oh, just like the grossest, <laughs> you know, teenage yeah. stuff. Where you use your mom's knives to hot knife it. And hot knives, yeah. Yeah. catches you doing it, but finds the knives and goes, I never got caught. We never did that shit at my house. Yeah, well, I was never, I was never at my house. Like, I just, I didn't want to be there. I didn't feel, I didn't feel comfortable or safe anywhere, really, I don't think. My grandparents' house, like, next door, I felt that there, that was kind of my safe place. Because I think, like, in their eyes, you know, we could do no wrong. Or the, the beautiful grandchildren, wonderful, right? So I always felt safe there, but, like, I just never felt safe or like I fit in anywhere honestly until I came into AA Mm -hmm. and sat down and shut up and heard a bunch of people say a bunch of stuff that I was like he's me she's me they're all me Mm -hmm. these these are me's these are my people like finally Mm -hmm. I'm 38 took me a long time to find like people that I actually really truly connected with and it's like, cool like that though, eh? Oh, it's for, for someone like you, yeah. It's so cool. And you know what? I remember like I was I think I was eighteen or nineteen the first time I went into like treatment. Mm-hmm. I went into a detox center in New Brunswick. And um I remember how I got there. Oh yeah, I tried to overdose. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I it was a <laughs> I didn't take nearly enough what you think I was a kid I didn't yeah, know what I, I was doing yeah. yeah and anyways ended up in a detox center and just like I went I remember going to a couple AA meetings and I got a 24-hour trip that I still had and I was like I think I still have my first because I kept it it's like yeah. I knew yeah. yes this is me you'll be back yeah yeah but yeah I thought oh it's just a bunch of old men sitting around whining that's not me like I didn't connect at all and maybe that was just like something to do with the time or what you said you were 19 sorry you said you were 18 or 19 yeah yeah I was young yeah I wasn't done connect with that shit then. for sure yeah for sure you're just getting out of the house you're just free for the first time you're like ah. I'm always shocked when someone can actually get sober at 18 or 19 and stay sober. me too like it's these shocking. young guys yeah. in the rooms I know it's amazing. Like, whoa, dude, I wish I had got it back then, sort of. Well, I yeah, mean, just part of, part of me, right? Same yeah. Thing. It's, yeah, it's too bad I didn't, but I didn't. I, I, I just remember myself at 19 years old, right? I was an <gasps> asshole. Me I was too. an asshole who didn't, didn't tell people he was an asshole, pretended not to be an asshole. Yeah. I was seriously just an asshole. Till I got some drinks in me, and then the yeah. assholes came flying out real quick, yeah. just plowing through anyone and everyone that was... There. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so you're 19. I'm 19. Oh God, what happened after that? Yeah, I went to detox. Um, had Had you come out yet, or were you still? I came out when I was 19. Oh, okay. To my parents. Okay. Um, yeah. So and you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but I'm very. Yeah, no, I, I don't mind talking about it. Um, yeah, when I came out, I remember coming home that night. And like thinking, okay, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> mm. Like knowing I was gonna do it, and I went in the house, I was terrified, petrified. Like, so okay. were your parents the first people you were gonna tell? Ah, uh, 
Had you told I anyone? feel like I had told like some, some like friends, friends or knew. something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I came in the house, and I st- I remember my mom, or I think it was my mom that said, um, "Well, you look like you've seen a ghost. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on?" And I was like, oh. <laughs> "Deer in the headlights. <laughs> we need to talk. Okay, let's just go. Let's do this. I can do this." And anyways, I told I think I told my mom first, and um, she cried and had a not great reaction and like how did you not know Mm. but anyways my hair is like standing up five feet off my head and these long spikes dyed like green i got a lip ring out to here like Mm -hmm. i'm trying to picture it sorry keep talking yeah it's (laughs) the spiky i was always crazy with my hair um (laughs) i dig it i like it (laughs) thank you yeah spikes are dope yeah, they were dope back yeah, then, man. Were. Yeah, that if was you did so that shit, cool. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you wore spikes, like even I was in California back then. Oh, nice. Yeah, and if you wore spikes, you were not to be fucked with. Well, yeah, I had and this tough were, yeah, exterior, yeah. and like I had to, like that was my how I survived, yeah. right? I'm gonna be tough on the outside and like shriveled on mm-hmm. the inside. I don't know who I am or what's going on, but I can never tell anybody, mm-hmm. right? It's fucking messes you up, anyway. Told her, she cried, had kind of a meltdown, and then was like, well, I have a secret too, and told me this secret that, I'm just going to say, she had a kid before me mm-hmm. in like 1972 that she gave up for adoption. Mm. I was like, what? <laughs> like, nobody had oh. any idea about this yeah. secret either, so that was huge. She totally stole my thunder. <laughs> Oh, like totally. big time. Did you guys got to do a little scrap over it. You're like, Let's no, talk. I think I was just shocked, <laughs> like yeah. so shocked. I had yeah. No idea. My mom's this good, like Christian lady. Mm-hmm. My mom is a sweetheart. Like, she's a really nice person. She'll do anything for anybody. Yeah. She's codependent. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, she's a really sweet person. You just would never think, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just so crazy. Um, and then so I told my dad, and he was like, oh, yeah, we know. We love you anyway. Yeah. And my sister was like, I know. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Cool. Right on. Carry on with life now, I guess. Well, it's nice to have that, at least that soft place to land, right? Yeah. Like your family understanding. and yeah. Totally. I had to warm up before I told my family. Yeah, it must be scary as a dude. Terrifying. Even more scary. Yeah. Surely. Terrifying. Especially to your dad. Yeah. See, for me, it was my mom. And yeah. And my best friend was the first person I told. Yeah. Like, that I came out to you and, and he just said, yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah, whatever. That's cool. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But sti- but seriously, it's it's that that like angst before you do it, though. Oh, right? man, it almost yeah. like eats you alive for years. It was killing me. Like literally totally. it was killing me. Yeah. I was so like skinny, yeah. like I couldn't, like some, I get so stressed out, like I was so stressed out back then mm-hmm. that I just couldn't eat, couldn't swallow things, like. It's weird. Yeah, and always wanted to die, right? Like, uh, yeah. Always wanted to die because you didn't want to. I didn't want to accept what was real, right? Like. Well, I didn't know what was real, but I think there's a good chunk of time when I spent kind of going back and forth between, okay, yeah, this is this is real, Jesus mm-hmm. and God, this is what's real. Mm-hmm. Like, no, fuck, that's ridiculous. That's not real. And I'd go back and swing the pendulum over here and be mm-hmm. like, that's not right. And then I'd yeah. come back. And it's just like, it's such a mind fuck yeah. after a while yeah. of 
doing that and like well the back and forth like a fucking ping pong ball hey? what if it is real yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go to hell if it is real no it's not gonna be real oh God, you yeah. know it's like yeah as yeah. a kid and your brain is just like it's not all there yeah. and whoo yeah it really messed with me <coughs> that stuff um but yeah then i went to detox i got out of detox it didn't work out in detox um you know kept drinking and partying mm-hmm. for a few more years after that um Mostly drinking for me, Um, but I did do some drugs along the way. It was kind of like, you got what? Yeah, okay, cool, let's do it, whatever Mm. sort of thing. I never cared what I was doing. I didn't give a shit about myself. I would just do whatever. Mm. Here's some drugs, Lana. Thank you. Carry on. Get wasted. Did that for a lot of years. Um, And then I think like in my early to mid-20s, kind of got into this relationship that uh, wasn't healthy, but, you know, you don't, I didn't know that at the Mm -hmm. time. I was still a kid, basically. Um, But I did end up kind of getting a little bit better during that time. I'm trying to remember, like, where I worked. I don't even know. Um, But the the relationship was abusive. Mm. Like, we would get into these physical fights, and I, I'd kind of think, like, oh, well, we're both chicks, so, like, it's a fair fight. <laughs> like, it's okay? It's yeah. okay. Yeah. We're both chicks. Yeah. It's all good. We can beat the shit out of each other. Like, we didn't, like... Yeah. No, we... Yeah. But it's a, it's a mind fuck though. It is such a mind fuck, right? man, because you love the person, and then mm-hmm. you get into these scraps with them, and you're like, well, it's fair. Yeah, because it's the same, same. Right? It was fighting and fucking. Yeah. That's what that relationship was. Yeah. And like, we're still really good friends to this day, weirdly. Mm-hmm. But um, I ended up getting a little bit better during that time and kind of discovering, I don't know, some things, other things about me that I like, like gardening and, <coughs> um, yeah. We were both pretty deep, me and that girl. We had a lot of deep conversations and mm-hmm. that was really missing in my life. But yeah. For, you know, the teenage years of small town drinking and drugging mm-hmm. um and then i went to college uh i was 24 when i went back to college did a civil engineering technology oh nice diploma yeah there was lots of jobs in that at the yeah. time like i never really knew what i wanted to do mm-hmm. as a career um so i just kind of thought well there's jobs in this so yeah I'll do that. Did it. Um, And I was never really, like, sober for any amount of time. Like, back then, it was more like binging on the weekend. Yeah. And then going to school through the week and just being wasted all Mm -hmm. weekend kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, I don't know, skip ahead some, because I don't remember a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Right? Bought a house in, like, uh, 2009, and I was in a different relationship at this point, and, um, yeah, this this relationship, it was good at the beginning, and then, I don't know exactly when or at what point. Like, we're still just binging on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Everybody's doing this. This is the Maritimes. Everybody's wasted on the weekend. Most people are wasted all the time. Mm -hmm. We're drunk driving wherever we have to go because it's far. 
and there's back roads and yeah. you're going to get away with it and whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is my last like long-term relationship that I'm going to be talking about. And, you know, started off well, house, we had, you know, this beautiful house with uh, like 10 apple trees and pear mm-hmm. trees and this beautiful piece of land. Like it was a really, really nice spot. And somehow, at some point, I don't know what happened, but we just both started drinking like every day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like a moment of like, oh, I'm not, I'm not happy, mm-hmm. or what? But like we both, we both started drinking like every day. So yeah. I'd be drinking like at least six beers mm-hmm. a night at least and she'd be polishing off you know a couple liters of wine yeah <laughs> and uh it's weird oh, how it happens though hey? how you it just goes. it's so natural to go every day all of a sudden it it is yeah. it's so weird and all of a sudden you're like when did i start like drinking every day like mm-hmm. i'm not gonna get any beer today i don't need to drink every mm-hmm. day and then <coughs> And then you get up the next day, or for me, it was like, I'd get up in the morning and I'd be like, I'm not going to drink today. Mm. I'm not stopping at the liquor store on the way home tonight, and I don't need to. Yeah. Go to work, think about it all day long, how I'm not going to stop at the liquor store on the yeah. way home. Get to the liquor store and stop every fucking night. Like, mm-hmm. And sometimes I just try to fool myself, be like, I'm just going to get these two, like, nice uh micro brews mm. just gonna go home and drink these two or drink those two and i'd be like fuck man like mm-hmm. i gotta go I gotta, i'm just gonna make a trip to the liquor store you need anything yeah you know like yeah i need whatever and so yeah that went on for oh geez like six years yeah i would say and this is all still in new brunswick like i'm still in new brunswick mm-hmm. so uh i think it was it was 2016 uh my sister had a baby and so that was kind of like i was 35 my mm-hmm. sister had a baby and it's kind of like holy shit like okay hmm. i've been in new brunswick for 35 years i've wanted to get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. since you know i don't know 1990. <laughs> <laughs> um i guess if i'm gonna go i better i better actually go because mm-hmm. I'm going to be too old pretty soon. I either go now or I'm never going, right? Yeah. And so my sister had a baby, and I was like, all right, it's time to it's time to go. Yeah. And it was hard because I didn't want to leave my grandparents behind or leave my parents behind, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I did. Put the house for sale, sold it, came out west, and ended up actually living on Vancouver Island for almost a year nice uh, with a friend yeah. and my partner at the time came with me and uh, just we just continued we carried on the same lifestyle even mm. though we had driven all the way across the country yeah. sold everything carried on with the same lifestyle out here and um, I think I was in Victoria maybe like eight months or so and then we broke up um and 
yeah, I was only there for like a few more months. I was planning on going back to school at that time. I wanted to go and study film. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't end up working out. I didn't like get the money that I needed and blah, blah, blah. I ended up coming to Calgary, which is where my sister was mm-hmm. with her daughter. And um, it was 2017. And then I was living down in Legacy. Well, first I was living with them. Mm-hmm. And sort of, you know, still drinking all the time, pretty much. And I didn't know this, but my sister has mentioned it recently. Like, her husband has said, was saying to her then, like, your sister's an alcoholic. Mm, yeah. Your sister's an alcoholic. Where was like, see it? well, he, and he's Irish. Uh, so I'm like, coming from. So he Irish. knows alcoholics. Well, he does. <laughs> but like, my sister's like, no, man, like, that's. Normal to drink that much. It's mm. normal. It was normal back home, yeah. but out here, you know, not so much. I don't know. It's just different. Um, but yeah, so then I lived um, in Legacy for like not very long, like down in suburbia, mm-hmm. the very like as far south as you can go before you're like leaving the city. Yeah. Um, I had a nice apartment down there, like new and two bedrooms and whatever. And was just down there, like, mm-hmm. drinking by myself, you know? It's mm-hmm. all I ever really wanted in life, just to be drunk by myself. And, like, stuff started, like, life started getting really unmanageable, mm-hmm. like, at that point. It was like, okay, I left my home. I broke up with my girlfriend. Everything's completely, like, I don't have any baggage. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any debt. Like, I didn't have any kind of identity a little bit. Yeah sort of and I just spiraled like big time downhill like downhill real quick mm-hmm. and uh, I just remember this one morning I I don't know where I had been drunk anyway and I got up it wasn't morning anymore it was probably like noon I get up and like <sighs> my dog had shit like I don't know how many times in the living room he had also like torn all the clothes out of my closet mm. and they were all over the living room. Like trying to wake me up. He's yeah. tearing clothes. Yeah. And I, I walk out of my bedroom into the living room and I'm like, oh my God. It was just like a catastrophe. And then all of a sudden I hear knock, knock, knock on the door. And I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, who's here? Mm. Like. I look, it's my sister. I'm like, oh, great. My sister's going to come. Like, all right. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I'm going to show my sister now how horrible Mm -hmm. my life has become. Yikes. Like how bad it is. Yeah. This is how bad it is. And she came in and sure enough, she was coming that day to like do an intervention with me, like Mm -hmm. have a chat. So. Thank God she did. Dude, that was a big eye opener. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And nothing opens your eyes like walking out of your bedroom into like a bunch of dog shit on your living room floor. And like your entire closet all over the floor and like things torn to shreds and like it was just like. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, I could picture it. Oh man. And not because I have never seen it, because I have seen stuff like that. Well, totally. Right? Like it's that that bottom, man. Bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Like so bottom. And like I had been to bottom many times before, Mm -hmm. but this was new. Like this was, I'm an aunt now. I'm 30, whatever, seven or six, whatever I was then. Like I should be able to Mm -hmm. like be an adult 
without being drunk all the time and like waking up to this. Yeah. Like, what is going on? I don't understand. I better have another drink. So I continued to drink for a while after that. Yeah. Um, and the last straw for me, weirdly enough, was I'm li- I was living in a different place now. One night, I don't even I don't know where I went or what I was doing, but I was drunk and I went somewhere and I came back and I had locked myself out of my apartment. Oh. And I was like, I was so pissed off and like I had to call someone in the middle of the night to come mm-hmm. and like replace the doorknob and like <sighs> I woke up the next morning and I just like I was in like this state I was hyperventilating crying and just like couldn't breathe I was freaking the fuck mm-hmm. out and I was like holy shit and just over this I had locked myself out not just that but that was yeah. the straw that broke the camel's back for me um isn't that strange, eh? Isn't it weird? Yeah, it's so. St- I mean, we I, you probably think about it all the time. Like, why didn't I quit then versus then, right? This it's, really way worse time. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, it's it, weird how it works. That's how it works, though. Totally. And yeah. my sister was like kind of instrumental in like planting AA in my brain because she mm-hmm. she listens to that podcast, Zach Shepard. Oh, yeah. Listen to that. Yeah. yeah. She talks about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And like I, I listen to it once in a while, or I have, or whatever. And she's kind of was oh had been talking about it a lot. Yeah. I don't know if she was listening to it, you know, for me or what. But who knows? Maybe trying to understand. Yeah. Well, she like planted the seed in my yeah. brain of AA, and uh, yeah. After I had locked myself out that night, I just was like, "Fucking, this is enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't. This is, this is crazy. I gotta go to a meeting. I'm just yeah. gonna go to a meeting." And I went to my first meeting, and um. Big Nicole was there. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't daily though. It was a different, different yeah. group. But uh, but yeah, it was yeah. It was really, it's fucking crazy how you just get to this point where you're at bottom again mm-hmm. for the hundred thousandth time, and somehow magically you end up in an in a room, and then. Somehow, magically, people say these things that like mm-hmm. hit you right in the heart, and, or like right in the brain, or wherever it hits you, mm-hmm. and you're like, "That's me." Like I remember one specific person sharing and just being like, "Oh my god, mm. these people, like they get me. <laughs> yeah. I get them. Oh my god, I'm an alcoholic for sure. Yeah, like 100 percent." And yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been a really crazy, cool journey that I'm like just so how, how long have you been sober now uh 16 months 16 wait. months wait yeah almost nice. good for you yeah thank you yeah you're welcome yeah it was really cool getting my one year it was like I finished my step four and five like the night before oh, my one year yeah wow oh I just sat there and like kind of looked at it like ooh. Not sure I can do that. That's kind of <laughs> scary. Yeah. I don't want to go there. Do I have to? You did. That's where you. That's where you learn who you are. Yeah. Or who you were. Yeah. Well, and you you learn who you are by uncovering who you were, who's not you, right? Like that's not the sober you. That's, that's you right. drinking for sure. But yeah, that's the old but, me. Yeah. And like when I did my step four and five, I, like I could see. I knew this in my brain. Like it's mm-hmm. all gonna go back to being gay. 
And like, and then it was all on paper right in front of me. Did you and I was say like, I'm going to go back to being gay? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It did. It all went right straight back to that. And I was like, fuck, I knew this. Yeah. Like there was something about seeing it on paper that was like, mm-hmm. kaboom. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. That's why we do that part of the process, right? Is because it does shift the brain's um, attention on the details, right? Like it, it, once it's out of our brain, we can now see it more wholly right for sure yeah. you can be like wow okay yeah. and then i was like okay <sighs> i've been blaming church i've been blaming my parents mm-hmm. and i was kind of like how do i like reframe that in my brain mm-hmm. so that i'm not blaming those things anymore yeah. and that's a hard thing to do because you know you're a kid and you got some messed up ideas from mm-hmm. some messed up people and places and things and and whatever but yeah i just kind of you know, I just took responsibility for what I could, you yeah. know, my poor behavior and mm-hmm. my, my selfishness and my just inconsiderate kind of, <laughs> just locked myself in this mind trap, right? Yeah. Threw myself a massive pity party. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, good times. A real good time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm just like... I don't know. I'm so grateful that I actually did go through the doors of um, AA and and that it worked this time. And yeah. now I have two 24-hour shifts. Nice. You know? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know it is cool that I had yeah. that. It's like I had this, this shoebox that I call my time capsule and it was yeah. full of stuff from like high school and just random stuff hmm. and that was in there. And cool. I was like, yeah, I still had it. Fuck that's yeah. nice that you saved it. Well, I knew. I must have known it. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Like this is going to work for me someday. Yeah. That's or pretty whatever. awesome. It is kind of cool, eh? It's like a little bit magic. Yeah. Um, And here I am Mm -hmm. doing therapy. I'm codependent. Yeah. Um, Trying to dig into, I guess, like with AA, you get so far. Yeah. Right? And you do the steps, and then you're doing your service, and Mm -hmm. all the things are, you know, that actually do work, prayer, meditation, and... um, but I was kind of feeling like, okay, I need to learn about boundaries. I mm-hmm. need to learn about like self-love. I need to maybe unpack a little bit of stuff from the past, that, yeah. like childhood and whatever. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. And cool. I'm not in any big rush to do that. That's a good thing, right? Like I the, think so too. Yeah. Because yeah. these things take time to like integrate mm-hmm. into your, you know, way of thinking and yeah. and being, but. Well, we're, we're fighting against whatever years we have before we come in, right? We're fighting against it. So whatever we've been taught, we're fighting against it. And totally. And as you know, because you're experiencing it, like we're fighting against that tidal wave of the past, right? Yeah. Trying to come back, you know? Totally. And, and that's why people relapse, really. Is because yeah. it's constant sometimes. That, Absolutely. That wave, I mean, is t- constant. And it is. Yeah. yeah and I'll have, you know, I'll have a week of like serenity mm-hmm. just a great fucking week you know and yeah. then boom one little thing will happen or like mm-hmm. one tiny little thing and then yeah. like i get this feeling oh i don't like that feeling then my mind starts going crazy about yes. it. you say this you gotta do that yeah. how do you get rid of the feeling yeah it's like okay yeah. shut up <laughs> i need to yeah. just feel the feeling cry scream mm-hmm. whatever i need to do talk to someone reach out yeah and you know, just let the feeling be there. Mm-hmm. And like the thoughts, they're just thoughts. But that thing in and of itself, that feeling, 
that feeling that gets us obsessing again, like mm-hmm. that, that in itself is enough to keep people busy in early recovery, right? Just oh, that yeah. li- dealing with that little feeling. Because it's, it's, it's weird, it's uncanny how it's different than any other feeling. I could feel it too when it comes, when it's like, ooh, this is where I would have drank. Is it like, fear? It's got to be. Like I can only I can only attribute it to fear, um, expectations of failing, expectations. Like all that kind of stuff, yes. right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, They're all tied up together. Yeah, right in that little ball that hits us, yes. and then all of a sudden our brain shoots out, and it's like, okay, I need to deal with this ball. Got to do something. Yeah. Uh, I how don't know what. Do, how are you going to get rid of this? You how are you going to make this go away? Yeah. yeah. Do you eat? Do you fuck? Do you work? Do you use? Like, how are we going to deal with that ball? Right? Totally. Yeah. And that's what recovery really is, to me anyway, is just that building of the resiliency to that ball, right? Yeah. That ball that's in there that's going to get me to want to go back. Right? Yeah, I guess I kind of think of it as like, uh, I got to let those feelings out. I can't yeah. keep them in there. Exactly. Because if I leave them in there, this is going to continue and this mm-hmm. is what's going to take me out. I'm pointing at my brain right yep. now. This is what's for sure going to take me into relapse is my brain mm-hmm. like it'll just talk me into it talks and me in and out of stuff right? all the time takes yeah. both sides of the conversation <laughs> it's like having an argument with yourself or, it's ex- that's yeah. exactly what you're doing yeah, yeah. and then it, none of that is actually happening mm-hmm. and that's the big thing is that once we get that pit then we feel like then our brain starts activating and telling us things that are happening that aren't yeah. things that have happened that aren't right like th- people have Doing said something they haven't said Nope. Yeah. Oh, someone forgot to message you yeah. today or yeah, and whatever. That's, that's and then, right. like, you yeah. spend all day in this conversation. They must hate me if they didn't message me. Yeah. yeah. I'm not worth it. Yeah. Like, I'm not, oh, I'm just, what a piece of shit I am. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and that's that self talk, that negative self talk. That's, mm-hmm. man, that's what really put me in a pit. And, like, getting out of that was, like, step one <laughs> for yeah. me. Not AA step one, but you know, mm-hmm. the, I started working on that right away, like meditating. Yeah. Like and. Well, you're way ahead of the game if you st- if you were able to like get into meditation right away. Right away. Yeah. That's and a, that's it started working like yeah. right away. Yeah. There was just a little bit more space from that voice, and then a little bit more, mm-hmm. and a little bit more, and a little bit more, and now I even do affirmations. I try to change my self talk so mm-hmm. that it's more positive and. Yeah, mindfulness is for me. It's yeah. been really helpful. It's life changing. Absolutely, yeah. and yoga. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happens when you're meditating or doing yoga. Is you're just in the moment. That's what mm-hmm. it is. You're in it. It's yeah. one of those rare times where you're actually in the, the moment, moment, not in your brain yeah. talking. And yeah, I don't know. It's giving me some freedom, anyways. Mm. So, what's like? What's your favorite part about being sober? Well, one of your favorite parts. I mean, there's probably lots. Um, my favorite part about being sober. I think just the, actually what I just said, the freedom from yeah. the negative self-talk. I won't say complete freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I used to put myself down in my head all day, every day. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. And, like, just discovering all this new stuff and just basically becoming, like, kind of like a new person. Yeah. Really. You know, like... I remember the first time I said out loud, I like myself. Mm. This was like not even a year ago. Yeah. First time ever. And I was like, did I just say that out loud? Mm. What the fuck? Like, 
I didn't even mean to. I didn't plan it. It just came out, and I was like, whoa, I must actually like myself for the first time since, you know, I was a little kid. Yeah. It's just, it's a, like mind-boggling. That's a pretty mind-boggling feeling, right? Is that totally. When, after a lifetime of self-loathing, self-loathing. where yeah. you can actually accept that statement where I like myself. Yeah. Right? I, I have a hard time with it still. Oh, but yeah. it's like, yeah. I don't know why. I don't hate myself really most of the time. I know, but it's hard to like mm-hmm. really love yourself. Like, what's that even? I used to see that in Facebook yeah. memes and be like, I don't know what that means. Anyways, yeah, carry on, self love. <laughs> With my beer, self love meant something to me completely different than what it actually is. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, I didn't For know the what it meant. Time, yeah, what did it mean to you? Masturbation. Oh, self yeah. love. Yeah. So whenever someone would oh, yeah. say like, "Do you love yourself?" I'm like, all the time. Every day. <laughs> Three times a day. Yeah, all the time. Two, three yeah. times a day. That's right. Every bathroom in town. <laughs> Every bathroom. <laughs> I don't know town. what you guys do. <laughs> I love it. I just assume. Well, apparently yeah. girls do it in bathrooms all over town. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, that's yeah. exactly. That's what I'm what's saying. happening. Yes. Okay. Yes. I just want to make sure to, we're clarifying. It's hard to keep it, you know, obviously under control. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're you're saying this, and I'm, I'm part of me's laughing because. The other day, I actually happened upon someone doing that in the bathroom. That's why I'm like, yeah. Like you what? You saw this happening? Yeah. Or, oh, good. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't just me who saw it, but I was with someone else, and they saw it, and they described the picture to me before I was before I was, saw the picture. So the, by the time I got there, the picture had changed, right? But when he saw it, the picture was, there is a dude in a public bathroom, okay? And he's got meth pipe in his mouth. Okay, in this hand he's got the lighter, and he's smoking it. And the other hand, other hand he's masturbating, and Good. he's literally like just standing there, and he's just going like, <coughs> "This wow. is how my friend described wow. it to me, right?" He's just going nuts. And, that was um, like art. It was artistic, right? Like it seemed like it would have been had the guy. You know, had it been in a different environment, it would have been artistic. Yeah. Right? But in that environment, it was, it was more terrifying for the other people in the bathroom. I, I don't, I wasn't terrified because I'm like, I've seen a dick before, so it's not. Really, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's I not. Think out. Most people have. Well, but yeah, but some people act like they have, and when they do, that's true. Like, oh my God, I've never seen one before. Oh goodness. Yeah, Put that's that away. Right. <laughs> or a, or a woman's boobs, right? Like we act like those things are like. You better keep those covered at all times, right? Yes. Even Somebody might jump out and grab them. Exactly. Yeah, because okay. that's that's okay to do. Yeah. I know it's weird, but it is yeah. a weird thing. We're very uptight about our bodies. We are. It's got to be the Puritan thing, hey? Like coming yeah, over from England. Yeah, there's some church going on in there for yeah. sure, isn't there? There's got to be. There's got to be. Unfortunately, yeah. It's infiltrated everything. It has, <laughs> and it's funny because I I grew up in a church. Like, mm-hmm. Obviously, my dad's a minister. It has been since long before I was born. And yeah. I say long before I was born, but that would probably insult him because it wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. <laughs> a couple years. It was like five years or something like that. I can't even remember. Five or eight years or something like that. But uh, it's just, it was hard. It still is sometimes hard to get, because I'm not a Christian, right? So I don't right. identify as a Christian. So it's hard to get rid of those old thoughts, though. Even at 45 years old, it's still hard to combat that you're going to hell. Because when you're talking about that, for like, sure, were you getting all triggered and shit? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, right? Yeah. 
because it's it, but it's a part of that like our makeup, right? So it's that's why deep. it's so hard to get past it. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it, that's the thing I want to say is that I know like when a lot of people come in, uh, they really struggle with like the God mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um, and I did too because number one on my mm-hmm. resentment list was God. Yeah. Either, either God or my mom. They were, you know, <laughs> like interchangeable. This. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think like letting go of that resentment mm-hmm. was massive for yeah. me. Like I couldn't even say the word God without being like, oh, you know, God or whatever. <laughs> you know, like roll my <laughs> eyes and yeah. God, yeah. whatever. You know, but. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, okay, it, God doesn't have to be this dude up in the sky that yeah. we've made in our image, you know? Mm. It can be whatever you want it to be. It's just a concept. Yeah. Thinking that all of those religions are just concepts. They're, They're just, just talking happen to be old same. concepts, right? They're all just talking about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's thousands of religions, right? Yeah. So the reality is that's that's an example of people trying to figure out their relationship to the universe and what's around them, right? It's going like, to happen when we die and exactly. all of that, yeah. Yeah, how do we figure this out? Because we didn't like we didn't know what to do with our cortex when we were given it in evolution, right? right? So when we ate the fruit from the tree. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I for, almost forgot about the fruit from the tree. I forget about that. That's right. very important part of the story. <laughs> it's very important. Oh my god. I forget Sorry. that story now cuz it's like so far removed from my brain. Jeez. The apple. That's right. Was it an apple? Yeah. I've eaten yeah. a lot of apples. I didn't like. Yeah, I I don't either. Yeah, anyway, might have been like devil's food cake or like something like that. Yeah, yeah. could have been a cake devil's tree. Devil's food, yeah. Yeah. Must have been devil's food cake. For sure. Is that was called devil's food cake. Devil's food cake. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know why that sounds wrong when I'm saying it. Huh? Oh, it's right. You can what say devil. Angel food. Cake too? Angel food. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. But yeah. Deviled eggs. <laughs> yeah. What's that? What's that? Um. Really? Yeah. See, I thought I was making it up. I actually. thought it was right. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> Maybe there's a little. <laughs> Could have been Salisbury State hey, too. So yeah. did you look it up? Yeah. Not true. No. It oh. was named after a, a <coughs> doctor in the American Civil War who invented it because he thought the meat was the best thing you could eat. Ah. Was his name Salisbury? Yes. Oh. Dr. Robert Salisbury. Robert Salisbury. Robert Salisbury. You see, and people say that our show is like not educational. There's at all. education That's a bunch to of be bullshit. had here. Yeah. We're learning about cake and steak. And apparently, <laughs> yeah, cake and steak. <laughs> two, two really good things. Yeah. If it wasn't for Sam, we would think that devil's food cake was a food cake. It's got to be. Where's the Google? Who's got the Google? <laughs> all the Google machines. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully that was like semi-coherent. I don't know. It was very you know? coherent. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's Good. been wonderful. Thank you. Good. Anytime I share, it's kind of like, I feel so scattered and all over the place. I'm like, oh. does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Because I don't. Yeah, for sure. No, it's very <laughs> coherent. Very, like, it very... It's a voice-rich, awesome. layered cake. Thank you very much. Considered to be a counterpart to the white ye- or yellow angel food cake. Ah, there you go. Ha <laughs> 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 Sam. <laughs> there you go, Google. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, it's been really fun getting to know you. So I, Yeah, I just, you too. Thank you so much for coming well, on. Well, thanks like, for having me. I really appreciate this. I hope, you know, something I said, well, obviously it resonated with you and yeah. it will resonate with others. And of course it will. Can, yeah. you know, help somebody else. Totally. 
Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.